Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by Cars.com, Valvoline, and Goodyear. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Well, hello and welcome to our MotorWeek podcast number eight. We're glad to have you with us. And joining me are... Producer Brian Roberts. Hey, how you doing, John? Road test producer Brian Robinson. Glad to be here. And writer Shamit Choksi. Hello, John. Nice to have you all with us as well. We have so much to talk about. So let's get going with uh, the place that Brian Roberts and I just came back from, and that is the 2009 North American International Auto Show in Detroit. And Brian, before I ask for your comments about the show, let me sort of make a judgment of my own. You know, I read a lot in the mass press how this was a somber uh, event reflecting the tough automotive times. That really was totally incorrect. If anything, this event, while it was very toned down, mm-hmm. you didn't have all the expensive uh, reveals, and that's that's fine. It, was, it wasn't as flashy. No, it wasn't as flashy. Past, but there was lots of products. And it was a pep rally atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Most everybody was there saying, you know, we're here, we're going to stay here, we're going to do better. There was a lot of camaraderie amongst the different brands. So I actually came away thinking it was probably one of the best Detroit mm-hmm. auto shows I've been to in years. Well, I think, you know, most people in the auto industry want to forget about 2008 with... Uh, <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah, plummeting sales, high gas prices, government bailouts. And I think the 2009 auto show was a way to kind of start things rolling again. There also was a misconception in the general press that everybody was showing electric cars, yeah. meaning cars that run only on batteries. Couldn't be further from the truth. There was definitely an electric car theme, mm-hmm. but it's the definition of electric. In other words, there were a few all-electric vehicles, there were. but most of them have this new term attached now, extended range, or what I call advanced hybrids. EREVs. Which are vehicles that basically will use a battery and a some kind of a generator, a gasoline mm-hmm. or diesel generator, to keep the battery charged. So after you go a certain distance, you'll have uh, some extra power. So, yeah. have, with that said, you know what uh, knocked your socks off? Well, you know, talking about the EREVs, uh, Cadillac showed their Converge uh, concept, which is basically a, a, a volt dipped in gold. Um, you know, uh, Cadillac's version of the, of the sport coupe that's going to you know get 40 miles on pure electric. Uh, it's one of their concepts. Um, now that used uses a small four-cylinder engine to extend that range mm-hmm. to hundreds of miles. So it takes away this electric car anxiety that sure. people talk about, about running yeah. low on power. Uh, the, the Chrysler 200C. Which, oh, what um, a knockout. Beautiful, beautiful car. And that you know that could be the, the new face of Chrysler uh, to come and sort of had the same, uh, had a 400-mile range with uh, um, 40 miles under pure electric uh, power as well. I should say this 40-mile figure, you keep hearing it over and over again because that is basically what the average commute, commute in and yeah. out of town is. But Ford went one better than that, didn't they? Uh, well, they announced in 2012 that the uh, fusion-sized model, uh, maybe 100 miles. And that's a pure yeah. electric car. Yes, correct. And they're developing that with uh, supplier Magna. Magna. So yeah. that, that if they are able to do the 100 miles on pure electric power, that will be quite something. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, some of the, some of the you know, it's, it's interesting. Even you know, the Camaro made news with the announcement of uh, the V6 300 horsepower that uh, is going to be 27 miles per gallon. So I think the whole auto show was pretty much a lot of the auto show had to do with um, you know more fuel efficient vehicles. And we're really only scratching the surface, yeah. even though it was toned down. There were still more. Uh, reveals here from all mm-hmm. sorts of manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought um, the uh, Audi Sportback concept was just stunning, which yeah. which is going to probably look like the new uh, A7. A7. Yes, um, so I thought that was just really nice. Anything else that just uh, jumped off the scene um, at you? I think the Ford Taurus was a surprise. Beautiful, I mean, beautiful car. Um, no rental car there. No, no, absolutely not. Um, you know, it's not as uh, not not so conservative. You know, family vehicle anymore. Um, and I think that goes on sale uh, sometime this spring. And, and, of course, the biggest news for current buyers of uh, hybrids like the Prius, of course, were the new version of the Prius. The third generation Prius, which is uh, bigger, faster, more fuel efficient, uh, gets four miles per gallon, uh, better up to 50 miles. Uh, per gallon. That's um, the combined city highway correct. was 50, and that was a new benchmark under the new current right. rules. One of the cool things was um, the optional solar panel uh, ventilation system, which helps keep the interior cool when um, parked. Which uh, pretty And neat. that's a dedicated hybrid, meaning that there is no gasoline or diesel version, and there were two other dedicated hybrids shown, right? Um, the the, the, uh, new the Lexus, Honda Insight? Yeah, the Honda Insight, Insight and there. the new Lexus HS250H. Yes, that's correct. And uh, having talked talked about hybrids, you know, they are becoming very mainstream. Every manufacturer is talking hybrids in one way or another. But we've actually had a lot of experience now with the new Insight. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm going to turn to Brian Robinson, who spent more time behind the wheel with the new Insight than anybody else. Is this anything like the old Insight, the original one? Um, not not really. The You mentioned mainstream. I think that's, that's their main point was... Uh, not so much to make an extreme mileage vehicle, but make one that's a hybrid that's anyone can afford. It's cheap, and also with packaging, they did a lot. Uh, they've got the battery so small now; it basically fits underneath the spare tire in the rear. So it's a normal car. It's hybrid that uh, basically anybody can afford. Now this is a five-door, five-passenger car. I don't want anyone to be confused with the original Insight was a small mm-hmm. two-seater, uh, three-door. This is a five. This is a real family car, right? Yeah, it's a real. It's uh, you know. Similar to the Prius, five-door, a little bit smaller. But what about the shape? You know, a lot of people have criticized uh, some of the other brands' um, uh, hybrids because they didn't look futuristic enough. They didn't make that mistake, did they? Uh, No, it's certainly got that look to it. It's, uh, you know, love it or hate it. It is the most aerodynamically efficient design that they could make. So, uh, you know. There you go. Love it or hate it. It um, so what struck me about the interior is it's again very gee whizzy like a, a computer game, but it was it's pretty hard. I mean, the plastics were kind of hard, but you know they had to do something to cut some corners because they want to come to market with this with a price less than twenty thousand dollars. They want to be the least expensive hybrid, right? Yeah, in th- America. And that's you know a couple grand less than Prius, yeah. uh, thirty five hundred dollars less than the Honda Civic Hybrid, and it's the same powertrain. Correct. the The Civic you can get a few more options and you know make it a little more luxurious if that's what you want. What was it like to drive? Uh, it's kind of a cross between the Civic and the Fit. You know, uh, not as fun as the Fit, but uh, you know, not exactly boring. Was it slow? You know, it's no race car, but it gets off the line pretty good. And once you're rolling, it uh, you know it's pretty responsive. The the electric motor seems to help you out more. 
you know, in passing situations when you just jump on the throttle more so than taking off on the line. The big difference between the inside and, say, the system that the Toyota Prius uses is that you don't get as much all-electric drive. Correct, especially off the line. You know, it's pretty much all motor. But once you get rolling, you know, and you're on perfectly level surface or slightly downhill, you know, then you can... You can go pretty high speeds, just strictly electric. You know, it'll also be nice to see another hybrid on the road. I mean, we, we see the Prius all over the place. Right. It would just be cool to change up the landscape a little bit with the Insight driving around. Yeah, I mean, one of the it, it gets me that you know, manufacturers that have done some very good hybrids, to, like the Ford Escape hybrid, mm-hmm. have not gotten as much uh, publicity because it doesn't look different. You know, right. words, you're not yeah. advertising that greenness right. uh, that you are with the Prius. Even, even uh, Toyota hasn't been as successful with its other hybrids. So now uh, there's a real competitor there, and there's a lot of predictions we're going to see a lot more future hybrids looking that way. Even the, the coming Chevrolet Volt looks pretty futuristic. Yeah, we should mention the mileage. is 40 City 43 Highway, uh, which is obviously I think people were looking for higher numbers than that. But as we mentioned in our road test, you know, we drove it around shooting it all day. And, and without trying too hard, we got it, uh, you know, 50 up into the 50s, so it definitely takes some effort to get the most uh, mileage out of it. It does things to tell you when you're driving right. It helps. It? It's got a little backlit gauge that lets you know when you're driving uh, you know, more efficiently. and It keeps the lifetime record of your fuel mileage, and then basically every time you turn it off, it tells you if you did a good job or if you need to uh, <laughs> do a little better next time. Try a little harder. A new, little, a new form of Big Brother watching. Well, your conclusion, a hit? <clears throat> Oh, yeah, definitely. Just the fact that on price alone, I mean, just to get them out there, some, a lot of people would like to get a Prius or something, but one, they're hard to find. Two, they're expensive, and here you go. Here's one for under 20. They plan on making as many of them as, as people want. So. I get questions all the time from folks who are saying, look, you know, I really don't want something as complicated as a hybrid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hybrids are probably never going to be more than, say, 20% of the market. And that leaves an awful lot of the market out there for more conventionally powered cars. And some of them are not only reasonably fuel efficient, but an awful lot fun to drive. And we're talking small cars here, and specifically about one of the best ones that we've come across recently, and that's the new Mazda 3. And, Shamit, I know you've got a lot of opinions about the Mazda 3. It's it's a great car. I mean, I know all of you will agree that the first generation Mazda 3 is a tough act to follow. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just stylish on every front. Well, what they've done here is they've just made, the, they've kept the same essence and they've made the car better. Um, uh, you know, it, it's an impressive follow-up. It's more aggressive and sporty on the outside. It, it looks sharper. Uh, we had a chance to to drive the car up in uh, Malibu, in the canyons of Malibu. And, um, you know, it's the same platform, but the, the suspension has been uh, retuned, so it's a sharper drive. It's more – the handling's tighter. It's, it's just a fun a, little car to drive, it is. It? It's a lot of fun. And so, so it has a huge fan base, but that fan base now is going to – what they're going to get is a, a, a better – version of the car they already love mm-hmm. it's got a, it's got a really wild they've done some wild styling all this all these concepts we've seen the last couple of years from mazda with this big grin on the front it's on the mazda 3 it's it's right there and there's, there's like the lines down the side just dive there's just it's more sculpted it's it's a very nice looking car it's a real premium small car yeah is it still yeah. a sedan and hatchback or i mean yeah the hatch the sedan is the one uh that you know they've been highlighting but yeah the hatchback is going to follow, and then, of course, the Mazda 3, uh, the Speed 3, uh, will also come out. I'm already getting questions about the Mazda 3 Speed from a lot of people. Yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, uh, it's definitely a, a big thing among uh, enthusiasts. Uh, 
performance enthusiast. Uh, inside, uh, it spills over. There's the inside is more uh, it's sporty, more ergonomic. Um, uh, the seats have been beefed up a little bit for just to sort of promote more spirited driving. Um, I, nobody's going to complain about this thing. If if you like the first one, you're going to like mm-hmm. the second one, even, and it's going to get the attention of people who are not Mazda three fans right now. So, um, you know, this is a this is a true achievement for them. Um, going back to the North American International Auto Show for just a moment, since that basically is such a a, a big show and so important. Uh, now, Shamid and Brian Robinson, you guys were not at the show, but you saw a lot of the coverage. What was your impression from being removed from it about what happened there? Because obviously we were pretty close to it. As you mentioned, everyone kind of portrayed it like it was a real downer. But I think times are tough. Everyone realizes that. I think it's more of a rally. Hey, let's all get together. Uh, you know, things are bad, but we need to do what, whatever it takes to make them better. Shamit? Yeah, same thing. I mean, there's a weirdness uh, factor. Uh, you, you, I, I assume that, you know, it was a lot quieter over there. You guys are saying that... It, there was it was somewhat energized and you know when you hear things like all right well infinity didn't show up you know there there 30 percent of the car manufacturers weren't there you automatically assume that man that's uh, that's pretty depressing i mean nissan and infinity weren't there and i will say that i think they you know probably should have been there if for nothing else then they have some new product worth showing off they could have brought their 370z mm-hmm. uh, and they were missed but by and large with the exception of some areas on the floor being turned into uh catering areas which was pretty weird uh we've never seen that before it's always been space uh, a problem of space you didn't miss anything. One of the vehicles that uh, made uh, a second appearance uh, that we had not didn't know if they were going to do was Fisker. Uh, a year ago, Fisker showed up with a very expensive um, uh, range extender hybrid, uh, uh, the Karma, and they said, we're going to build this car. This year, they came back with a production version production and version when it, when it goes on sale in november it's going to be the first mass-produced uh, plug-in electric vehicle and so. it's going to have also <coughs> a, a convertible version the sunset mm-hmm. right yeah, that's right yeah. the s for sunset and they're going to build it in michigan uh, it's expensive you know it's a ninety thousand dollar car yeah. uh, but when you look at it uh, next to say the tesla uh, who was also back with a new vehicle, you think, well, you know, maybe all of this move towards new powertrains is going to give some of these small coach builders a chance to show the big guys how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, one of my observations from the auto show was, um, I think this is the first time in a number of years there was there were no uh, truck introductions. Very few uh, very, SUVs. Very few, few SUVs. You know, the, the new uh, Cadillac SRX was there. And the Chevy Equinox. And the, Equi- the, yeah, the 2010 second-generation Equinox. But uh, besides that, there wasn't, you know, really any, any more. I should uh, point out, and the Equinox is going to be the first um, uh, crossover utility that's not a hybrid to get 30 miles 30, per gallon on yeah, the highway. Yeah, very and that's impressive. Pretty, pretty, and that's because it has direct injection, which is pretty cool. Well, in terms of small cars... Uh, Audi also announced the arrival of the A3, right? They're going to be bringing that out to the U.S. So, yeah, um, yeah, the small, more efficient cars are definitely on their way. And just so the one thing I did forget to mention was that, you know, we're talking about fuel efficiency. The Mazda 3's uh, uh, fuel economy is up by as much as 10%. So on top of being more fun and uh, energized, it's, you know, 
save at the gas pumps. Thanks, Shamit. Brian and Brian, yep. uh, around the office we call BR and BR Squared. I want to thank also our audio engineer, Jim Bigwood, who makes sure we come through loud and clear, our podcast creator, Bob Mixter, and, of course, our ever-ready producer, Michelle Parker, who brought in some great-looking cookies this morning. Thank you very much for joining us for our MotorWeek podcast, and we hope you'll hear us again here soon. You have been listening to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by Cars.com, Valvoline, and Goodyear. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.